This episode of the Filmmaker Mixer podcast is sponsored by Reed's Cleaners in Austin, Texas. We launder everything but money. This episode is also sponsored by Piers Henry Headshots, shining the spotlight on you. Welcome to the Filmmaker Mixer podcast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined alongside my co-host, Jeff, as always. Today, we have on actress Sophia Mason. Sophia talks about the art of acting and discusses her two new projects, Castaways and Every Day. Hello, everybody. This is the Filmmaker Mixer podcast, and today we are chatting with actress Sophia Mason. Sophia is an award-winning actress. She's a native New Yorker now living in Los Angeles, and she's starring in the Tubi original movie Castaways about two women shipwrecked on a desert island and fighting to survive. So we are excited to have Sophia on the show. Welcome, Sophia. Hello. Thank you for having me. So, you know, I'm curious what inspired you to get into acting. Did you start that as a kid? Were you interested as a kid? How did how did you get the bug? You know, I caught the bug pretty early on. Um, <laughs> I, have a, I have a very, I grew up in a very creative household. My father is very musical and still is. Really exposed us early on to all types of music and movies and plays and went to see the theater. And growing up in New York, there's just so much rich culture and specifically in the performing arts that we were really exposed to that early on. And my mother she danced and enrolled us in ballet classes and violin classes at a very young age. So it it was a passion from from a very young age, but it also was very much a practice and a discipline and something that my sister and I knew we loved and you know saw ourselves pursuing this as as you know a career pretty early on in our lives and sort of followed us everywhere we moved we we lived. My sister and I had the had the privilege of living in various cities all over the world. We lived in Germany and Berlin for a couple of years. We lived in Miami, Florida, and then we found ourselves back in New York where I was born. And everywhere we went, we were part of some musical groups, some theater camps, some some sort of troupe, always performing musical theater, ballet, tap, singing, violin. And and it just became just an intrins- intrinsic part of our identity. And, and then naturally, I I thought, well, I I can't not see myself doing this for the rest of my life. <laughs> so, 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 how old were you when you decided that that would be your career? Well, I, a career. I think that really started to click for me when I went to college. I went to I went to McGill University in Montreal, and they had they have a great theater department there. I studied. I studied English, but with a concentration in theater and world cinema. So I was, I was constantly performing on stage and studying classic plays by Tennessee Williams and Ibsen and Lorraine Hansberry. So I had a very rich um, education about the theater. And then while I was at McGill, and um, I started working at the student-run production company where we made films, and I really started enjoying playing with the camera and. I worked as a producer, executive producer there for some time, and I was, I started to jump in front of the camera and was jumping behind the camera and making student films with a bunch of eager filmmakers. And I, I started to pivot a little bit from the theater world, and I started doing films. And a teacher of mine saw me on in a student film, and he said, "You have a gift for the screen, and you'd be stupid if you didn't pursue this." And that's really, that moment for me was really when I clicked 
that I, I wanted to explore film. It was a little bit more unknown to me because I had always been doing theater growing up. And and I really started loving it. And then during my undergrad, I did some student films during the summer when I come back home to New York. I did some commercials. And then I graduated and I I was sort of at this cross point. I was at this intersection where I was either going to stay in New York or move to LA. And my parents said, go to LA. You always have New York City and you always have home. And I'm really glad they did that because I feel New New York is is comfortable. It's where my family is. But then moving to Los Angeles, it sort of lit a fire under my butt. <laughs> I didn't know any, <laughs> anything. Um, and that's when I think when I graduated or my second to last year in university, I, I, I knew this is what I was going to do. So we're always curious, you know, how people exactly uh, paved their path to where they are today. And you had said you moved around a lot as a kid. So I'm curious why exactly you chose McGill University, if there was like uh, some program you thought was great or uh, what led you down that path exactly? Yeah, I I was looking at the U.S. schools having been, I, I went to high school in New York. So a lot of my friends were looking at a lot of schools in the New York City area. I was looking in the Northeast and I wanted a liberal arts education. I didn't really want to go to a conservatory and, and I applied to a couple and I, I got into a couple, but I was, I was unsure exactly whether I wanted to do that strict acting all day, every day, or if I wanted to have a more, a larger liberal arts education where I could try a little bit of everything. And I decided, I saw in my college guidance counselor's office, I saw a, fla- a flag that said McGill University, and it was actually, it was my father. He said, what about Canadian schools? And we had never really thought about it. And then I when I, I applied to University of Toronto for their acting conservatory program and I was accepted there. And then and I also applied to McGill. Those are the two most well-known schools in Canada. There's also, um, I think, another school in, in British Columbia that's that's well known. But I, I kind of wanted to stay in the Northeast. And so I toured t- University of Toronto. I toured McGill. And after I'd been accepted to both and I absolutely fell in love with the city of Montreal. There is something so magical, multicultural. It's like this beautiful combination of Paris and New York. And it was not far. It's not far from New York. It's only about a seven hour drive. And so I I was able to come home during the holidays. But I, I loved having a study abroad experience while not being too far from home. So and they had um, they weren't known for their theater department, but they did have a strong one. And they had a great community of actors there and. And the film scene in in Toronto is well known, and it's starting to blossom in Montreal as well. So it was really, having lived all over the world and lived in Europe, there was something that really attracted to me about, uh, attracted me to Montreal, and it's because it has that European quality due to the the Francophone community there, or the French-speaking community there. And I I studied French in high school and spent some time in Paris, so I I was pretty well-versed in French. And I just felt I I clicked and I, I just felt like I really belonged in Montreal. And and Canadians are very nice. It is a stereotype, but it is very true. They are very nice. <laughs> so I had a wonderful, wonderful education um, studying at McGill, meeting people from all over the world. And that's really, like I said, where I started making films and being in films. And it's really thanks to that community that 
that I, I do what I do today. Yeah. So like, as you referenced before, you got your Bachelor of, of Arts in Theater and World Cinema at McGill. So you were able to do both acting and behind the camera work. I'm curious, um, as m many people may know, you as an actress, have you ever thought about going more behind the camera, directing and uh, so forth? Yeah, most definitely. I actually, I directed two plays in college and I found that to be the most terrifying experience because... <laughs> I think there's this expectation that as a director, you just have all the answers and you know everything going in. But I think as an actor working with other actors and putting the director hat on, I I loved it. it felt, I feel like I was able to learn both as an actor and as a director and they just one hand feeds the other. So it was challenging, especially because I didn't choose the easiest material to direct. It was a directing course I took at McGill and I chose two Tennessee Williams plays and Tennessee Williams is, you know, iconic and his, his language is beautiful. And I directed two short plays. One's called This Property is Condemned and one is t uh, called Talk to Me Like the Rain and Let Me Listen. And I worked with two brilliant actors who are still my best friends today. And it was a very challenging but extremely rewarding experience. And I thought, I haven't directed since, um, but maybe I will in the future. But I really liked that experience and I also liked producing. I produced a lot of short films and funny enough, it's a little tangential to acting, but I I produced a lot of food food content, food documentaries. Um, I'm a huge fan of Chef's Table on Netflix. So I, I created a, um, a my own spin of Montreal's table where I made documentaries about two restaurants in Montreal. And, and I like not being stuck to one pigeonholed to one thing. I'm not just an actor, but I, I have a, a passion for food. I have a passion for filmmaking. I have a passion for working with, with people from all over the world. And that was a really special way to sort of fuse everything together. And I think naturally just working behind the camera, working with other people, understanding, you know, how to, how to work a boom, how to, how to frame things properly. You know, what is a Ronin? What are, what are certain cameras shooting in 4k? What does that mean? And, and I think that overall just has made me a far better performer just knowing every facet of production and i think that that just makes me more aware of, of what's going on on set around me so i think all of those experiences have been really beneficial and have contributed to the artist that i am today well speaking of that i know that um you know you're also classically trained as a singer and a dancer did you think about like broadway or something like that before going the film route was that ever an option Definitely. I actually, for most of my life, I was hoping, I was dreaming of being on Broadway. And then um, to live in New York, to audition, and then to to be on the Broadway stage. And, and for a long time, that that was the goal. And I love, I love live theater. There's nothing, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like walking out on stage and feeling the energy from, from the audience. And it's, it's different every night you do it. Um, that for a long time is what I wanted to do. And then, and then I pivoted towards film and it, it felt very natural. It felt like, oh, I wasn't pivoting because I no longer felt like that was an option. It was just a new, something new for me to explore. And and I think I love the, I've been working mainly in, in the independent film space and, and uh, since I moved to New York and I think, i sorry, to Los Angeles. And I think that a lot of the reason why I love the independent film world is that it reminds me a lot of my theater background and the community that you you create when you rehearse for hours a day, 
several days a week and then you make a play. Whereas the film process is a little bit different um, where, you know, you don't necessarily know who your co-stars are and you show up on the day and you're expected to perform or to do the thing. And it's a luxury if you get rehearsal time. So in, in the independent film world, things are a little bit different. They're not as structured per se. So I did, uh, I did a film last year and we carved out, out some weeks of rehearsal prior to the first day of shooting. And, and that really was wonderful because I was able to get to know my co-stars, not only as actors, but as people. And naturally, when you have chemistry off camera, the chemistry on camera is, is even better. So, so yeah. And then, well, of course, you have movies like La La Land and the recent remake of West Side Story. So is doing Hollywood musicals something you're aiming on possibly doing in your career at some point? Oh, I would love to. I was actually talking to my father last night about the first time I saw West Side Story on Broadway. And my dad and I sang tonight the song with Maria and Tony and and I I would love to to sing and dance and, and act and, and incorporate it all together. I think that's it, it it's always so wonderful. I love I love musicals. I love I've always loved going and, and seeing Broadway and, and being being in shows that if there is a way for me to to combine both my film and and my love for film and my love for theater, I would love to. And I loved West Side Story and I loved La La Land as well. I love um I love movie musicals. Not everybody does, but it, the theater kid in me is never going away. So <laughs> I, I would love to do that. And um, I'm still dancing. It's I, I love dance. I started um, training as a ballerina for many years. I, I danced at the Albany LA Pre-Professional Program. I danced at Steps on Broadway in New York. And even though I'm not as uh, training as regularly as I used to, it's really important for an actor to be aware of their body of their voice um, i still train with a vocal teacher because certain roles or certain auditions require a singing component and it's always great to to have that re- at the ready but being aware of your body and of your of your voice as an actor is such an essential part of just of honing your instrument and being on set and understanding where to stand how to hold yourself it, it's honestly it's helped me a lot with my confidence too and and, and in my performances is, is being confident in, in my skin. And a lot of that I owe to my dance background. So I, I definitely, I'd love to do a movie musical. You know, speaking of, of that, um, you know, being aware of your body and, and, and how to decide what a character is going to do or not going to do. I'm curious when you're looking at a script, you know, it's your job as an actor to turn that, that character into something other than dialogue and and scene direction that's in the script. You've got to give it nuance and 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 shape and form and maybe uh, you know some type of body language. So I'm curious, what do you do when you read a script? How do you how do you figure out what that character is going to be and how that character is going to be uh, visual on screen? Yeah, it's it's so interesting because it's still something I learn and changes every time I read a script or every time I approach a role. I don't have sort of a set way of of finding a character. I think there's certain things that I do that are the same. But um, one thing I love to do is really find how my character walks. Or I try to. I love to work physically, and a lot. It's funny because a lot of that actually comes very close to the shooting day. The first day of shooting is when I really start to understand how this person walks or sits, and a lot of that is due to wardrobe. I feel like. Hmm, when I, that's interesting. You 
Yeah. When I was doing theater and we'd have dress rehearsals, that's when I really started to feel like, okay, I'm starting to find who this person is, how they walk, how they run, how they dance. And I think similarly um, in in the film world, though it's it's usually one or two days before you start filming, I feel like that's when I really start to, the character really starts to click for me. Like I did a film uh, last year, The Castaways on Tubi, and, and my character, Kara, wears these combat boots. And when I put on these boots, I don't know what, and, and it was the boots, but also I had my hair chopped off for the role. We, we were having the table read and the hairdresser, she chopped like in multiple inches of my hair off. <laughs> and it's, and I didn't know what was happening. I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing the table read and I was distracted because I wanted to, you know, it was the first time the whole cast and crew was there and I wanted to make a good impression. And the next thing my hair is gone and <laughs> I, I'm a little nervous. Nervous, and then I, I I reach for it and it's missing, and I'm like, oh my god! And then I look in the mirror, and I actually I loved it. I thought it was so it was this bold chop that just completely it was so weird. As soon as we kept reading the script with my hair, no, now knowing that my hair was gone, my voice dropped. Something about that hairdo completely changed even the way I started to I started sitting when I wear the combat boots. I was sort of man spreading a little bit more and this character was was more masculine and honestly more badass than I am and due to the hair and to the boots and then I had some tattoos put on that was really when I I started to feel like I I understood who this girl was and that character I worked from the outside in a little bit more and then for another film I worked a little bit more from the inside out insofar as I I the this character specifically I'm talking about now, she she's a sexual assault survivor. And so I did a lot of research about what that does to your mind, to your body, and 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 reading articles about other survivors and and how that has impacted their lives and their confidence and their image of themselves. And so that is what I was working with. Um, it was less of okay, how does this person walk? It was more of just what are the how do these circumstances contribute to who this person is and how they feel about themselves. And their and and their relationships, and so there's there's such different roles, which demanded a very different process. But both characters I create, I usually create a playlist that helps me really get into the mind of the character. I create a visual mood board where I compile I compile a bunch of images, things referenced in the text, things that I feel are just I, I've derived from the text. But it always starts from the text, and and. I do a sort of first pass of the text and try to understand, all right, what is this world? And then I go and I, I go line by line and I try to write down what my character is thinking. And oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Then there, this is actually when I moved to LA, I, I studied at Leslie Kahn. She specializes in comedy, but she's excellent for all genres. And she focuses on what is your character thinking, character thoughts, and you write that at every piece of punctuation. And because when characters aren't, even when characters aren't speaking, when they're silent, they're always thinking. Characters are always thinking. And they call it filling in the white space, filling in the margins on the side of the script. There's always, there's always something going on in the character's head. And that for me really helps me understand, right? What is happening at this moment? How does this shift over the course of the scene? There's a beat here. Why is there a beat? What has, you know, what's the relationship? between my character and the other and the character that I'm talking to. And that informs, a relationship always informs what you're thinking about that person. And, 
And so those are the types of things on a more technical level that I do when, when looking at a script. Um, but I love how every character I've done and hopefully every, every character I'll continue to do will demand something new and something different. And I think that's what's so great about being an actor is you never really know what you're doing exactly. You just prepare and you hope to God that they like what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of, at least so far in my, in my career, um, you just kind it's this huge trust ball where you do all this work, all this prep, and you show up on the day and you kind of just let it go and you trust that you know this person and whoever you're in the scene with, it's this this cool dance of like, all right, we're in this together. Let's just let's just be here and be here with one another. And and that's really was that 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 was the case for for castaways. I worked with an excellent actress, Paige McGarvin, and I had funny enough, I had four days to prepare for that movie. It was crazy because they had schedule conflicts. The next thing I I get an email from my manager and she's like, read this tonight, chemistry read tomorrow. And I'm like, oh my God. And the next thing I, I hop on Zoom the next day, I do a chemistry read. And then I get a text a couple hours later and my manager's like, you're going to Belize because that's where we filmed. And I was like, oh my God. And that was that was Tuesday, and I was on a flight to Belize on Friday, and I had four days to to really work through a hundred pages of material, <laughs> and I did it. So, so for people who don't know, um, explain what a chemistry read is. A chemistry read is is usually you're reaching the final rounds of the audition process. You have like a pre read, which is the first round, and you usually have like a callback. Depends on how much time casting has to 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 sort through actors and to find the right one. This was a kind of crazy situation because I went straight to a chemistry read, which means that you're trying to see if the ca- the actor that has been cast already works well with the actor that they're still trying to cast. And sometimes both actors haven't been cast yet and they do pairings of different actors for di- with different scenes. Sometimes male, female, female, female. This was me and the other girl had already been cast. And they wanted to see, and it, it was over Zoom, as things have been since COVID. And they wanted to see whether or not we we got along, and if this if we had just chemistry together on on Zoom, and and apparently we did. And so, with with less than twelve hours, I I hopped on Zoom, and and next thing I'm on a plane to Belize, and we were there for three weeks, and I had a remarkable experience. And and as it's a you know as you introduced, it's a it's a story about two women falling in love and surviving on an island. And the, the other girl, Paige, and I, we were really the only two main characters in this movie. And so we were, it was it was a heavy load of, of material and we were really there for each other. And it was a really, really amazing experience. And to be able to travel to a new country for work is such a treat. Before we get to Castaway and all the current projects you're doing, I'd love to know earlier on in your career, was there a specific moment or role that you got that you thought like, this is going to be my big break or was your big break? Was it before you moved to LA? Was it after? I think when, I think my career really started to pick up when I moved to Los Angeles. I, when I moved to LA, which was right before the pandemic, I moved there January, 2020. I moved across the country with my mom. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anyone. I, we drove across, but then my mom flew back. She doesn't live with me in Los Angeles, but she helped me make the move. And um, and I didn't know anything. I didn't know anyone. I had no representation. I, I just jumped right into acting class. Literally the first week I was in, in Los Angeles to find 
a community. And I'm so glad I did that because two months later, the world shut down. Um, but I, I didn't really have anything to my name when I first moved to LA. And it was really, it was, I think, October of 2020. I, I got, at that time, I had my first manager and she sent me this script for a project that was unknown. They had no title, no nothing. And later, I, it was in French. The audition was in French and it was a recreation of a scene uh, from the very the, the famous film Last Tango in Paris, starring Marlon Brando and uh, Maria Schneider in the 1970s. And they wanted me to do a recreation of the scene, like a snippet of the scene for the audition. And luckily, with my French skills, I did. And then a, a day or so later, I found out I got the part. And I didn't know, but it was it's a new, it's a biopic. It's a story, um, it's a biopic about Marlon Brando starring Billy Zane. And I had no idea, like I knew Billy Zane from Titanic and 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 a couple of his other films, but I didn't know anything about the project. And the next thing I'm, and this at the time, this was a a um, sort of proof of concept for what is now a large, it's a full, full on feature film that actually is finishing production this week or last week. Um, and that for me, when I got the part and I showed up on set and I wore this wig I was speaking in French. There were like 50 other people around me. I'm in a scene with Billy Zane, who is the nicest man. This so generous. I was so nervous. I couldn't sleep the night before. And I did drop a line because I was just kind of shaking and I was acting in French. So a lot of things were going on at once. But that day, I remember I was like, wow, this is the most amazing feeling. I had so much adrenaline pumping through my body. I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life it was <laughs> so amazing i was like wow this is my first year in hollywood and i have the honor and privilege to be able to work with this amazing actor billy and and such a great director bill fishman and a really wonderful set really wonderful collaborators um and richard dreyfus is in the film as well and it was just such a remarkable day and i think that for me was really the first taste of like this is this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And that set the bar so incredibly high. And to this day, I'm I'm very good friends with Billy. He's he's wonderful. And he brought me to set last week and they were finishing up a couple couple of scenes from the movie. And hopefully the world will see it soon. But it was it was really a, a pretty unforgettable day. That's amazing. That's really cool. Um, I know we want to take a deeper dive into castaways and, and the projects you're working on. But before that, since you were talking about, you know, your move to LA, um, I'm curious, um, what was your process when you got there to try and figure out how to, you know, get an agent or a manager? And, you know, did you have to have that day job while you were while you were figuring it out? Did you just automatically start taking acting classes? Because I, the reason I ask is a lot of actors, you know, ask us, you know, when I go to LA, what do I do? Because it is kind of scary for a lot of people. So what was the process like when you went out there? Yeah. the pro Oh my God. I had no idea. Well, <laughs> I, I, was, I was honestly, I was so scared because LA just felt so different from New York. New York, you walk around, you see people, you see the action, you run into people. LA, I, my mom and I were walking around LA and we were like, where are the people? There's nobody here. Like Everybody just drives. So first off, the whole feel of the city was a bit of a shock. 
And I didn't have a car at the time. And so I, I was just that one New Yorker taking the bus or walking 30 minutes to to do my groceries. I got a bike eventually and that, that helped. But um, no, I moved to LA and I didn't know really anything about how I, I was reading a lot of books. There's Jenna Fisher has a great book um, about, you know, starting out as an actor and what she did. And, and she talked a lot about creating a community and finding the right people. And I was really fortunate to... I jumped into acting class at Leslie Kahn literally the first week I moved to LA. And that I saw all these people had agents and they were talking about, oh, this audition and that audition. And I didn't have any auditions at that point. I just was hungry to become a better actor. I just wanted to learn. And and I knew I was only just beginning. And I feel like even to this day, I still have that mindset that I'm only just beginning. And I think that's a great mindset for actors to have at, at every stage of their career. It's you're always, there's always something new. There's always never feel like oh it's 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 the end of the road like it's a it's a non-linear career it's it's so hard to 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 get that you know to to understand that but i i feel like it's important to know that the path isn't linear and back then i was i was just welcoming everything coming my way people i i met really great actors really seasoned actors and i felt intimidated but i also was very curious and i wanted to just learn everything and, and have experience on sets. So what I did was I auditioned for a lot of student films. I did a, a graduate student film at UCLA. Um, I did a couple short films just from things I was submitting myself. And um, and I, I was working as as a French tutor and babysitter a lot at the time. I, I babysat my neighbors upstairs. And my, I no longer lived there, but they had two boys and I would, I would babysit them and um, tutor French. And so I, those were kind of things I was doing at the time, but I was really, really focused on getting some onset experience. I really wanted to just know how it flowed, how it worked. And because I, I feel like I, I really learned best on the job by doing. And I feel like that's the case for most actors. You can, you can be in class and you can intellectualize it, but I feel like it, Honestly, I really start to understand how I work as an artist and how I work as an actor by being on the set, by being there and understanding, all right, how does this work? How does that work? What is this like? What is an AD? What is a gaffer? Learning all these terms. Um, and I started learning a little bit of that in college working on student films. So when I moved to Los Angeles and I was doing slightly larger scale things, um, like graduate student films, that, that was really where I started to learn. And then eventually... Um, a friend of mine from acting class made a referral for me and I got my first manager at the time. And then I started auditioning a little bit more regularly and started doing some smaller, um, some small scale films um, that were no longer student films. I was, I was doing short films. Um, and then and then I did that project with Billy Zane, which was unreal. And then the following year, um, I... I got a new manager through uh, a new, I got a commercial agent and through that I made, she made a referral and referred me to my amazing manager who I have now. And I sent in a self tape and they liked it and they brought me on their roster and they've been pushing really hard for me. And that's, and that's the team that I have now. And I'm, I'm so grateful for, and it's important to find the right people. It's really easy to get lost out there in LA. It's a big, it's a big sea with a lot of fish and you know i feel i still am a small fish in a big pond but if you have your people if you have your corner and they support you and they encourage you to to keep going that's what you really need because life as an actor especially since covid can be very isolating because 
auditions are no longer in person for the most part. It's all really self-tape or on Zoom. And it, very easily, you could just be acting in your bedroom and you have no real feedback or interaction with other people. And that gets to be really hard. So I'm really lucky to have friends who are super talented actors and I work with them and we'll rehearse together. And I'm jumping back in class next month when I'm back from the East Coast and and I'll be joining rejoining the BGB studio. And they really pride themselves on finding a great artistic community. And I think that's so great. And I think that's so important. So that's a little bit of... of starting in LA, but it was honestly really hard because I moved right before COVID. And so when COVID hit, the industry went dark and I had to go, I came back home for half a year. And during that time, I was in acting class on Zoom because that's all we really had. And I found an online community on Zoom and for the longest time, that was really the one thing we had to look forward to. Once a week, we had acting class, but we were rehearsing every day. And I think that time, that six-month period when the industry was just dark was really when I started to strengthen my skills as an actor and really find my people. And it was a really difficult time for a lot of people, but I'm really grateful for the bad time to be able to work on myself, work on my instrument there. And, and yeah. So going back to your new show that's out, uh, To Be Original, called Castaways, of course, you've told us a little bit about the project along with how you got the role. But I'm curious what a day in the life was like on set, because just from the stories you've told and how fast tracked it was once you got the role, it seems like it was a little bit, it may have been a little bit different of an experience than most projects. Yeah, definitely. It was, so we were there for three weeks, but we had 12 shooting days altogether. And we had a couple pickup days back home in, in LA. But when we were there on the ground of the Lees, it's so cool to be in a new environment and to film. I mean, we were re really there in the elements. And I think that contributed so much to the feel of the film. And it's a survival story. And so being there on the ground, I think, really helped us ground ourselves in this world. And and I don't know if you've seen the film, but the, the island that we were on, we were filming, plays a pretty big part in just the relationship of, of the characters. It's almost its third, the third relationship is the island itself. And I must say that it was really cool to be able to wake up, take a boat for about 40 minutes and go to this island off of, it was 40 minutes from our base camp. And to be filming there all day in the beautiful sun with beautiful water, it was just, I, I'd wake up every day and I, I would tell myself, wow, this is my life. <laughs> I can get used to this. It was really amazing. It was, we had a lot of material to get through. And so, what, what, I mean, we had a, an amazing director. Alyssa Goodman is wonderful. And and she's she's the brains behind Cinderella's Story, which I grew up watching. and was literally my favorite movie at the time with Hilary Duff. And the fact that I was working with her was so cool. I had an amazing co-star, Paige McGarvin. Our line producer, Ashla, was phenomenal. She kept everything running. And we just had a really great team and and everybody was really committed. Really, We, we were all just new to Belize. Nobody had, had really been there before. So there was this great sense of camaraderie and, and just this togetherness that I think really shows in the film. I mean, the, the film is just incredibly shot and, and I had a blast making it, but it was really, it was ambitious. It was 12 days. We had a lot of material to get through and and we were on it and we, we'd find time to, to rehearse a little bit before we started shooting. We did we went out for dinner um, my first night there, and I, I sat with my co-star and the and the director, Alyssa, and we just 
we chatted about these characters and this world and we we meet the three of us really clicked which was really really wonderful and i feel like diamonds are made under pressure and i feel like we were under pressure but we made something special and it was a really really great experience and i think a lot of it is due to the fact that i i was ready for something like that for a challenge like that because i'd been preparing i had been auditioning i had been in acting class i'd been working with my teacher and and I realized that, and I'm realizing this more and more, that there is a certain athleticism to acting. It's it's not just, oh, I can pick up a script after not acting for, for weeks and I'll just have it like that. No, it's, you got to keep your muscles warm, whether that's making your own content, being in class, working, rehearsing with friends. And and I felt like I was really able to do that, to, to prepare for a movie in four days, shoot it in 12 days, and be proud of the work that I did because of everything leading up to that moment. And I was ready for that type of challenge because I had been working those muscles. And I'm learning that more and more that it really is. It really is like a sport and you need to keep just keep training. I know actors who are consistently working actors who are still in class, who still rehearse with their friends. And I think that's something that I want to do for the rest of my career is just just keep working on ways of of working deeper and 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 pushing myself further and and being around great actors surrounding myself with really great people and working with really talented people and i had i had the the fortune to be able to do that working on castaways that's a great way to put it that that acting is a sport and that you're always in training that's that's an interesting idea i, I like that yeah it's true no no and it sounds like you've you've you know like during the covid time it sounds like you you know i hate to say the word take took advantage but i mean you know everything was shut down but you didn't let that get to you get to you you took took the time to just keep studying. So that's that's smart. That's really smart. I would have gone absolutely nuts if I did. <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I was with my parents. So we were making sourdough bread and homemade hummus and it was great. But, you know, at, at, at <laughs> a point, we, we really took advantage of, of the time we had together during such an unprecedented and, and difficult time for the entire world that I, I, I was so fortunate to be able to come back home and spend time with my family and, and really take things you know, not take things for granted and really be lucky to to have each other and to have our family and 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 to feel supported and and but also like you said I, I I did use that time to work on my skills because we didn't know when that was gonna end. And there were moments, there were some really tough moments. I was like, wow, I just I just embarked on this new chapter of my life. I'm I'm so committed to making my career happen. And then this industry goes dark. I'm like, God, what do I do? But it I never for a second thought that moving to LA was the wrong move. I, I had a feeling that it would bounce back. And in that time, I, I I thought I wanted to be ready for when it did. When the industry restarted, I wanted to be ready to to rock and roll. And and soon after, that's when I, I signed with my new representation. And then things really started to turn for me. And I really started to 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 work and 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 I I owe it a lot to that time that I just really kept my head down and and kept working those muscles. And you've got a new project coming out. It's the international premiere uh, of a film called Every Day, and that's premiering in Toronto, I think, in July? Yes, that's premiering. Um, this is so exciting. This was a film I did last year, um, and we're having our international premiere. We've had quite a bit of success uh, in the U.S. I was just actually in, in Oklahoma at the Red Dirt Film Festival representing the movie back in April, and that was it, it's been doing very well on the festival circuit, but this is our first international premiere. It'll be premiering at the F Female Eye Film Festival in Toronto on July 27th, and I 
I will actually, I will be going and I'm very excited because a lot of my uh, McGill friends now live in Toronto. So I'll also be having a, a class reunion in a sense. And, but I'm, I'm very excited for the world to see this movie. It's, it's really important. It's a drama that, that focuses on a sexual assault survivor and um, how 10 years after the, the incident of sexual assault, she's still wrestling with the long-term effects of, of what happened. And it, it's, so important for people to see this movie and to understand what that what that is and and i'm glad that this film is getting the the recognition that it deserves and it was produced um executive produced by vivica fox who also stars in the movie with me and she's wonderful this is my third film with vivica i did two lifetime movies with her back in 2021 and then she came on to every day uh, in 2022 and it's really it, it was really great to have her because i play the the lead character maddie who is the sexual assault survivor and we had a lot of really difficult scenes and working with somebody as generous as vivica fox was so great because i she was familiar we'd worked together we had this this rapport we were i was comfortable with her and we were able to really really dive into some difficult scenes and she was right there cheering me on and um and it was really amazing. So I'm, I'm really glad that this movie is doing as well as it is. And uh, hopefully it'll have a, a release soon. Uh, I don't know about theatrically or, or streaming. It's currently being, um, they're pitching it around. So, but they'll be seeing it in Toronto. So. There's another project that I'm really excited about. Um, I can't mention the title quite yet, but it's, um, I'm working on the most amazing horror film. It's a really unique idea and hasn't been done before. And I'm super excited. It's, it's, um, Loy Maxwell and Tony Kim, they're, they're co-directing. and They're two really amazing creatives. Loy was a corporate executive at Amazon, and Tony's a fashion celebrity photographer. And they're really the, the real deal. The, the DP's Charlie Cole. He's, he's an AFI, American Film Institute alum, and he's represented by UTA. And it, it's a short film as of right now, but um, they're going to try to pitch it and hopefully make it a feature or anthology series. And... This is my first, I'm starring in it, and this is my first horror film. And I think it's great because I'm actually terrified of horror films and I can't ever watch them. So I feel like <laughs> being in one has helped sort of demystify the process a little bit. But um, and I'm working with the lovely David Steen. Uh, he's been in, in multiple Tarantino films and he's wonderful. And all I can really say about the project itself is that it's a man about a man with multiple personalities. And so he has to. He plays several roles, and my my character comes face to face with this the psycho, and I have to fight to survive. And so it's a very empowering uh, film. It's it's disturbing. It's exciting. It's it's very stunt heavy. I did my first stunts. Uh, worked with the most amazing stunt coordinator, and as of very recently, um, I also came on as executive producer of the film. So I've been working very closely with the two directors and trying to to get the film to a good place um, in the post-production process. And the producer in me is coming back out. It, it was it's, it started to blossom a bit in college and, and here we are again. And I'm really excited to be once again, jumping back both in front of and behind the camera. And, and yeah, I'm really excited to see where this project goes. Well, you know, you're fighting psychos and you're surviving on a desert island. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you need to get some more tough roles. <laughs> I know, I know. No, it's fun. I love a good challenge. I love, <laughs> I love, I love really getting my hands dirty and getting really in there in, in a character and, and 
pushing myself because I, I mean, why not? Why not? I what I get to do for a living is really an amazing thing, and I I, I wake up every day and I'm so thankful to be to be an actor and to tell stories and to tell important stories. Like every day, for example, is is really important to me. And and I had a screening of the film last year uh, privately for some family and friends and. Friends came up to me and told me that they felt very seen and very heard and had 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 similar experiences to what my character went through. And that for me was so rewarding to hear. And that is why I do what I do. If I can make people feel something or forget about you know things that are troubling them in their lives and they have an hour and a half or two hours to be able to escape that and feel something special. I mean, that's that's that can, that beats nothing beats that feeling. We'll have to have you back on when the film uh, when when the film comes out, whether it's streaming or theatrical or whatever, you know, just that, keep us in the loop on that because, yeah, we'd love to talk uh, about that in a m- maybe more of a deep dive when the film comes out. So that would be awesome. Most definitely, I'd be happy to. Well, Sophia, it's been wonderful chatting with you. You've obviously had great success as an actress, and sounds like you've got a lot more success coming your way in the future. <laughs> so we wish you the best of luck on your career and in all you do. And thanks so much for spending time with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. All right. You take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Filmmaker Mixer podcast, a podcast created and hosted by filmmakers Jeff Stolen and Andrew Lamping and produced by Jeff Weber. Our theme music was composed by UFO hunter Stephen D. Bennett. Make sure to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on and stay tuned for future episodes. 